0: Peyton Manning and the rise of the Big Orange. The Bush Push. Johnny Football. Cam Newton's four months to glory. Vince Young and the greatest performance ever on the biggest stage. The unforgettable college football players and moments come to life again at Saturday Lives Forever, a new podcast series from Saturday Down South. I'm Matt Hayes, and I invite you to come with me on a journey through college football's glorious past where we celebrate yesteryear with special guests and learn more than we thought we knew about the sport's iconic past. The season one launch of Saturday Lives Forever is just around the corner. So subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, Chris Marler. Chris, the previews, they're done after tonight. (laughs) I
0: thought you were going to say, like, we did a great job. And it's like, the previews are finished. We've, we have finally completed them.
1: We actually watched some real college football this weekend. So we'll get into that today, but, um, we got a lot going on. We, we are excited for the season to start. Yeah. There's a lot going on emotionally. Um, mainly because of college football felt really good to turn on my TV at 1 PM on a Saturday and see a two to zero score in the big 10 just felt natural.
0: Uh, I always say that like the big 10 has these like fucking little league baseball scores. And ironically enough, the little league world series was like in the semifinals at the same exact time. But my God, I mean like, (laughs) The ACC done like the past couple of years. They've they've put like Clemson opening with Georgia Tech on ACC network. So it's like at least you have a premier team. Right. Whoever had the idea to put fucking Nebraska and Illinois as the opening game of the year is an idiot.
1: Not a good look. No,
0: there's never even uh, been a time when that has been a good look.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, probably maybe in the eighties. Although Illinois probably yeah. no. Um, So before we get into a recap of week zero and get into a little bit of a preview of the season nationally, because remember, we know where most of our listeners come from, right? great SEC footprint here in the South, but we are going to be more of a national show this year. Um, And so we will preview. We'll still heavily focus on the SEC. Don't worry. You can't follow college football without... Following the SEC, they're the premier conference year in and year out. We'll talk we about know. big games. That's yeah, we'll talk about, yeah, you, you, you won't see many uh, Nebraska, Illinois breakdowns, but since there were only a few games this week, we may have to talk about it. But before we get into it, um, hold on
0: real, real quick. I mean, just like the mission statement, right? Because we don't really have one of those. Um, no. And we're kind of late to the game on this. But like, let me just tell you what I'm not going to do this year um, unless I'm asked by Duff. But like, other than that, I'm not going to do this this year is I'm not going to be breaking down Vanderbilt and, and fucking UT Martin. I'm not going to be giving picks out like for Kentucky, Mississippi state, or or like, you know, I, those kind of games, like we'll we'll probably, obviously, you know, we'll still talk heavily the sec, probably 80, 20, but also we're going to talk about the big games and things that are, you know, affecting like the entire scale of college football.
1: Yeah. Like we're so smart week two, Oregon, Ohio state. Like that's a great game. And we're going to be, we're going to be following games like that too. So, um, before we get into it, uh, Chris has a little, we, we've got a, a couple of new things to introduce or at least one, but you want to talk about the stickers real quick?
0: No, I, like I never really do want to talk about the stickers, but here's the deal. I'll say it again. Cause you guys love these things. Um, if you want a sticker, Go rate and and uh, subscribe and then rate. Uh, give us a five star review on the College well Uncensored podcast. Um, leave a review. Send a screenshot of it, and you will get a brand new sticker. We made different ones, and they look pretty cool. They're little circles. Um, they're adorable. So uh, yeah, like, this is my least favorite thing to do sometimes because like if you get like a million of them, like I like doing it for you know people in the Facebook group all that kind of stuff. But sometimes we'll get like a hundred and fifty like at a time. So. Pace yourselves, but if you want a sticker rate and subscribe,
1: do it folks get us. Hey, look, the, the, the season's kicking off. We need to up our game. We need to be higher in the iTunes ranks, or I guess it's not even the iTunes ranks anymore. It's the Apple podcast ranks, Spotify, those kind of things. We also are introducing, we want, we are a show of the people.
0: You're a genius.
1: And we, we want to be able to interact with you guys now, you're not going to call my personal phone. Cause I'm not going to pick up.
0: Oh no. I think I attached it to my personal phone.
1: <laughs> we created a, a line. This is a phone line to call into whatever you want. Um, we call it our game day therapy line, but really you can call it for whatever reason you want as it pertains to football. If you're having other therapy issues that you need worked out. call Jay Woody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this line is going to be, Hey, if you're if you're pissed about, you know, throwing Justin Fields in on a fake punt fourth down, call us, let us know about it. Leave us a voicemail. If you're super hammered after a big win over Clemson sure. in Charlotte, give us a call, tell us about it. We've set up this game day therapy line, not only for therapy, but for for rejoice and celebration. Yeah. We, ex- little- we expect mostly depressing voicemails. Someone that's 7 8 bourbons deep. Halftime, things aren't going well <laughs>
0: <laughs> seven or eight bourbons deep and then the first quarter ends and you're ready to go outside and jump into traffic i mean just and you listen you're a kentucky fan you're used to it yeah like we we want this to be like i, I said hotline because i don't want to say when you're like depressed and at a low point but that is probably going to be some pretty good listeners like your ship like that's going to be a good voicemail um it's like he's angry and irrational. And then also like is prisoner of the moment. I want, I want all of the personalities that we're going to get this season in college football and in the sec. Unless you're an Ohio state fan, don't call that fucking line.
1: It, I mean, we don't consider ourselves tech gurus, but I think we're going to figure out a way to play those voicemails. The best ones that we choose on our podcast. I already,
0: did. I already figured it out.
1: You already figured it out. I thought I told
0: you that you just didn't believe me. No. <laughs> Of course not. I just not all the so wait, we, never we, believe I'm good at technology
1: before we move into the week zero recap, we got to give out the line. So everybody get out. Hold on. Hold on. I want pilots. you to shut,
0: shut your face for a second. Get out your palm hey, just pilots. Let, why do you have a palm pilot? <laughs> um, those things are so cool. Let, all right. <laughs> let me, let me just prove a point to you.
1: Okay. I really hope this goes well for you. Yeah, it won't, but all right. Quiet. I don't hear anything. It's funny. I hear absolutely nothing.
0: Are you serious? It's playing right <laughs> it's, now.
1: I swear to God, I don't hear anything. <laughs> all right. We,
0: I, <laughs> okay. Well it's playing still. It's, um Okay. So right, the well, uh, So I don't hear anything. So the, so the line four two four four three zero
1: zero zero four five. Again, the line. Four two four four three zero 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 four five. give us an area code. Did you set that up on purpose?
0: It was the first option and there's no fucking way I wasn't going to choose that option. It was like, you want this or do you want like Geraldine Kansas?
1: Makes sense. So give us a call. We'll post the number all the time on social media just so people have it fresh. Um, but let's get it after it. Give us a call this year. We will play the best ones on our podcast week in and week out. Um, let's get into week zero because I feel like... It's electric already (laughs) i mean brett is back you've got a guy named sitkowski this is yeah so
0: the the big 10 opening like college football is not ideal for somebody like me that hates the big 10. um but the the entertainment and and you know dare i say the pageantry was just absolutely flawless and when i say pageantry, i mean a former blue blood getting absolutely embarrassed by just a polar bear that walks upright for a coach at illinois and like, so you you understand like the like why the Sitkowski thing is so ridiculous? Like it, first off, oh, it seems Arthur.
1: Yeah, it's not Arthur. It's Arthur. It's, it's ridiculous because he wasn't even good enough to play at Rutgers.
0: He not only that he started at Rutgers and he had his line for the season, like his season totals. Okay, on on Saturday against Nebraska against the black shirt defense, he was eighty percent passing, total fifteen. Had two touchdowns and interceptions. Take me back to 2018 when he was starting for Rutgers. And he had four touchdowns and 18 interceptions on the year. He had, he had four games where he had a minimum three interceptions thrown. Four. <laughs> and he just lit up Nebraska's defense in year four of Scott Frost. I, I couldn't love it more.
1: He's not even the starter. That's the thing. The starting quarterback, Brandon Peters, went out at the end of the first quarter. Oh, I didn't see that. Sitkowski yeah he got sacked hurt his shoulder Sitkowski comes in as a backup at Illinois after having to transfer from Rutgers he's not good at all inexcusable loss for Nebraska inexcusable and you just got to know that this NCAA investigation
0: oh it's Tennessee all over again
1: it's yeah it's uh, this is going to be Nebraska's way of getting out of the 20 million dollar buyout for Scott Frost
0: well, and, and, you know, honestly, they should be punished and have to pay it because they should have paid him that in the first place. But, like, it, the Tennessee thing is so funny to me because TND it, takeover, it's it's this kid, apparently he's only 19, uh, which really hurt me when I heard that because he was the one that used to run um, ECF, like elite college football. Like, there was, like, the biggest college football handle on Instagram. Anyway, he, he like, posted something. It was a picture of Adrian Martinez, Right. Who has been the quarterback at Nebraska since like 2008. And it said, he, Adrian Martinez, just Jerry Garantano in Nebraska uniform. And I have fucking lost it. Like that is like the most accurate, like painfully accurate assessment I think I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> well, uh, look, Frost, uh, you, you the, the Brando thing that you retweeted, by the way. <laughs>
0: I'm going to start on Tim Brando. I just
1: like <laughs> they're just, so. but Nebraska is so poorly coached. Like mm-hmm. the scoring starts with a guy who fields an absolute laser of a punt at the one yard line. <laughs> there was no chance that thing was going to be in the field of play. No. And, he, and then he he slips, which obviously that's not coaching, but the coaching part is how's that guy catching the punt at the one yard line?
0: I've never absolute. caught a punt in my life. And I've always heard put your feet, put your heels at the 10 and don't go like, don't step backwards or like, and then it became like the five, like nothing about the one ever, ever. (laughs) And also that was the best punter in America.
1: Um, Two missed extra points. One of the one at the end made the under hit. Um, Adrian Martinez feels like he's been there forever. I think it's because they also had a QB named Taylor Martinez. So it just seems like he's been there for like a decade. Right. But he hasn't improved at all since he's been there he 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 has the fumble that illinois takes to the house right before the half and i mean the, the the offense you know frost came over from ucf with this just huge pedigree of not only being at oregon but then at ucf and having great offenses no playmakers that scare you at all um yeah. he's just i don't know what's happened there why it's gotten so bad so fast because he's only in year four um, and the, the team we're about to talk about has another coach that's going into year four. That looks a lot better than Nebraska. I just, I, I don't see how he survives this.
0: No, I, you know, they were like kind of looking for, uh, you know, a reason to get rid of him, which is like, I, like I'm never going to cheer for someone to lose their job unless it's my dad. So like, I, but when you have a guy like this, that was like, it wasn't just a good hire, right? It wasn't just like the, the sexy hire. Cause he definitely was that. Like at that time, he had just won his fake national championship. He went 13 and 0. Fun fact, he hasn't even won that many games in four years at Nebraska as he did in the one season at UCF. But like, you know, this is a guy that was the quarterback of a national championship team. And and he had, he seemed to be like this, like coaching star on the rise. I I don't even know. Like, like, I don't think, like, I don't think it's gotten this bad, right? Bo Pelini won nine games. I, I mean, you know, it's just, they're a fan base that is, they were really good in the seventies and they were really good in the nineties. They're pretty good in the eighties and they just, it's like a Bama or, or like a, you know, Texas USC, like they're an entitled fan base that thinks they deserve better. And, and I tell you why they're not good at football anymore. And they're not going to be ever again. Cause no 18 year old kid is going to fucking Nebraska for four years of college. Right. Like, yeah, like it's... You, I, 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 when you were when it's the seventies and you're starting a bunch of white guys that are 180 pounds in on the offensive line, They probably didn't mind going to Nebraska. Like, it was a premier program. Like, I don't, I just don't see in this day of college football, this day of recruiting, especially, who's going to Nebraska for four years?
1: Apparently, nobody, because they had about as many transfers as Tennessee did. So, um, yeah, things are not looking good there. Obviously, Illinois, good to have Brett Bielema back. I mean, classic Bielema quote after he was like, I wasn't crying. I was just sweating. Like,
0: (laughs) dude. I forgot how much I miss Brett Bielema. He is, he's a trip, man. Like, you know, he met his wife at a blackjack table. Of course he did. Oh yeah. I mean, it is, she's like a smoke show. Like I, I, it was awesome to watch. Like I tell you what, that team, like Nebraska didn't seem like they had an identity, right? They were just like, they just, it's like everyone's just running around. Like they didn't have a single focus or you could tell that Illinois team was a Brett Bielema football team, like from jump.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see. Um, I I personally think it's mostly because Nebraska is awful. I mean, Illinois win total was three and a half and everyone pretty much, I mean, before as it got closer to the game time, I think it got down to Nebraska as a touchdown favorite, but it was like a, like two weeks ago. So that's an awful loss for Nebraska. Now, speaking of another coach that's going into his fourth year, UCLA, man, they looked really good. Like I was way off. I'm telling you, man, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of people are writing off LSU uh, uh, UCLA in and that, in that LSU game. Um, so I'm sure there was a lot of LSU fans that may have tuned in just to, yeah. See kind of what UCLA looked like. And I'll be honest, Dorian Thompson Robinson, their QB looked okay. I mean, he was a little disappointing, honestly. Um, yeah. I think even on the first drive, he had a wide open guy for a touchdown just straight up missed yeah. him, but they, their, their run game was nasty. Their defense looked good. They, they got it to a 31 to three lead. They scored on the first five possessions. It's Hawaii. I get it. But also you're not really running your, you're running base stuff. Yeah. In a Hawaii game trying to get ready for LSU. And they look good. You know, the, the Michigan transfer, uh, Zach Charbonnet uh, yeah. ran for almost six yards a carry. Uh, they, they ran in total for 250 yards basically on the ra- on the ground uh, in a game where, you know, it was over at halftime. So I don't know. What do you think about that LSU game now? Because LSU, the last I saw, they were favored by four.
0: I was the i felt like i was at the front of that whole bandwagon just like like hammer lsu it's the lock of the year like ucla sucks i, I brought up the fact they hadn't won a non-conference game in like four years like why would they somehow i, I think i even said I, I maybe would take hawaii like to cover the points without knowing anything um the, like on saturday morning i i, I turn on the tv and they, they have like one of the guys from daily wager and apparently he had gone out the night before because he had no voice but he still came on on air to like share his like best bets and he said, or he said, um, UCLA in the first half, because they're going to try to get everyone out of the game by the second half, you know, rest for LSU. But then he started listing off a bunch of facts that I had no idea about. And I shouldn't have been so, um, I guess, brazen with my, uh, with my take that they weren't that good. UCLA returns 20 starters for one. Also didn't realize that they had lost. I think it was like four games last year, right? All of them by four points or less every single one of their losses last year was by, it was a total of uh, 15 points.
1: Well, like, to be fair, they probably only played like five games.
0: <laughs> they, I think they played seven, but like still, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they, they were like, that's are very close losses. And so I, I just felt like, I assume the chip Kelly, I thought it was maybe past his prime. Cause he's kind of an asshole. And I didn't think he, like he was even liked by the team out there. I, I just, maybe I should have brushed up my UCLA knowledge.
1: Yeah, it's tough to get a sense of what's going on in the West Coast when you live in the SEC footprint. You know,
0: especially now. Uh, yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, UCLA man, they they looked good. So that that game becomes very intriguing. And my mm-hmm. guess is, I haven't seen the time, but is it, is it the like Pac-12 after dark type game? Is no, it a no, no game? it's like uh, I think it's a. Is it 8:30? nine a.m.? <laughs> yeah,
0: it is a Pac-12 after breakfast. Um, <laughs> it is no, it's eight thirty. So like.
1: Okay. So yeah. that's perfect for us. I mean, that, that'll be on at the same time as the Georgia Clemson games so and no one will watch it. Good. Yukon, um, <laughs> uh, not, not sure why they not. bother playing football at this point. I mean, you're getting blown out, shut out by Fresno state.
0: <laughs> Fresno state. Like, first off, you went on, you went on a road trip to Fresno state. You were on the road to Fresno state at, from Yukon. And you got your fucking brains beat in forty-five to nothing. Honestly, I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, or and it's going to come off way more mean than I that I intend. But like, why do they have a program? Like, I don't even like that. That program is one of the most confusing programs in the country because, first off, they went to an Orange Bowl in the last decade.
1: I know. I was about to say, remember when they were kind of good? Yeah, they
0: went to a BCS bowl. So they, it is shocking. They also had Air Apostle jerseys. They were like one of the three schools ever do that, like way back in the day. But then you didn't hear anything about them. And Randy Etzel quit or was fired because things got so bad. Yeah. And then he was rehired and he's been even worse. <laughs> I don't just what are we doing? Like, I tell you what, with, with the way things are going, especially with COVID, you could probably free up a lot of money in that athletic department by like just canceling the football program. And if you fucking go to UConn, like, you can probably just go to Delaware. So just, like, it's not a big loss.
1: That is, I mean, talk about, like, you can't expect the coach to give a shit if he quit because it was so bad, and then you were desperate, so you just brought him back. Like, you you can't expect him to be running, like, real fiery practices. Um, Yeah, I would
0: love to see how that conversation went. Randy, listen, like, I know what we both said to each other, but... We got to have a coach apparently. So if you could just, can you just like supervise please?
1: Yikes. Um, America's sweetheart, or if, at least if you're a gambler, San Jose state back in action, undefeated last year. They got USC next week, by the way,
0: upset, upset of the week, lock it in.
1: I think that's a double digit. Uh, I think it's like a 14 point spread right now. I don't know. I'm just saying. I
0: needed something to like get the gambling thing going because I haven't done it in a while, and this was that because I, I I just was like, oh man, I did a quick little deep dive. I tweeted it. No, not a single person liked it. I was like, listen, they were seven and one last year, I think overall. If I they were, they were undefeated. They might have, but they were seven and one against the spread. They were six and one like against the against the number. So like the under was six and one. They had a top twenty scoring defense. They they returned. I think like 19 starters. And then also their pace of play was like 111th in the country. Like they're like a bruising team. So I didn't bet on it. I convinced my buddy Rich. I was like, dude, if you're going to make a bet tonight, San Jose State's under. It's like 56, maybe tease it. Bro, it was like 35 to 14 in like the second quarter with seven minutes left. Somehow they covered.
1: Yeah, there was only seven points scored total in the second half.
0: Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) I got uh, me back though.
1: Yeah. That's a fantastic between that and then the under hitting by the kicker for Nebraska, missing an extra point. Things are off to an electric start gambling wise.
0: Yeah. We'll do like a, we'll do more gambling stuff on, on Thursday. Um getting like ramped up in the weekend because I'm going to give myself some time and then I'm going to, I don't know, probably spend eight hours doing that each day. Not really.
1: Uh, Quick shout out before we go to our national preview here. Um, Obviously, we probably have some listeners down in Louisiana. Understand right now is uh, there's not a lot going on well right now. I saw all the powers out in New Orleans right now. So prayers to uh, just the Gulf Coast down there. Um, LSU obviously was evacuated from Baton Rouge and they are in Houston. I believe preparing for the week and then they fly out is that correct?
0: I, I saw that tweet last night when I was drunk and I didn't realize what was happening and then I found out this morning live on radio that that's what happened. I was like he's like what do you think about that? I was like I don't I is that what happened? I didn't know that. I thought they were just like taking the week off. But yeah, I mean, that's a scary thing, man. Like it's it like evacuating any place, um having to leave your home is like it's just awful and like it it's you know, that those people are such good people and they like they rally together. Like there's, there's few communities like that big, like in the state, I feel like, like Louisiana, like, I feel like everyone in Louisiana loves each other. If they're from Louisiana, right. I, I it's like 16 years today of Katrina. It, it's it yeah. just sucks. Man. And
1: I, th- I saw the wind uh, was uh. stronger than Katrina was. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, scary, scary time down there. So hopefully, you know, thoughts and prayers. We're hoping for the best down there. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no real great way to transition from that to a national yeah, Shout out to start.
0: <laughs> All right. From one hurricane to the Miami hurricanes, nice. let's get into the ACC. <laughs> um, no, we're, so we're going to yeah. do, it's not going to be as in-depth as what we do with the SEC teams, but we're going to do a quick little, you know, just, we're going to talk, um, mainly talk shit about, you know, some teams and conferences around the country uh, give you our predictions and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, and quickly yeah, before we yeah. jump
1: into each conference, w- uh, what's like one of the biggest things you're watching? Cause I'll give you mine. And, and I know this is probably off script, so I'll talk and you can think um, or, I'm looking to see if someone can unseat Bama, Clemson, Ohio state, like, yeah. can there be another team, whether it's UGA, a and M. I I mean, Oklahoma, I know has been in the playoffs, but they haven't really had a chance in any game they've played in. Um, you wouldn't feel like
0: a, like a a upset, right? What is it
1: like Oregon? Can Cincinnati, you know, can they sneak in there? Um, And what I find interesting about those three top teams in particular, they all are starting young QBs that are all from within an hour of each other growing up. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, DJ U, I always just call him DJ U because I refuse to try to pronounce that correctly. It's just, I'll get it wrong every time. U, very U, American, U, U. Um, U. Um, I think I don't know. Yeah. So it should be interesting. You know, all three teams are trying to replace three guys that were first round picks last year in the draft. Um, all of them put up monster numbers um, either last year or throughout their career. So maybe this is the year, maybe this is the year that a UGA or an A&M or, you know, you or even an Oregon can sneak in there and make some real noise going into okay. the championship.
0: So, and I get what you're saying, but like, but Georgia's played for a national championship within the last four years. Right. Um, yeah. Ohio state's been in the playoff constantly. So I, I get that, that notion, like they have been like, no one else from the pac 12 or I'm sorry for the big 12 has made the playoff. Right. It's just been Oklahoma. I was yeah. missing somebody because Baylor got, they got kept out in 2014, but you know, like, I understand like more parody would be much more entertaining for like all fans in college football. I, I totally get it. I think we're going to get that at some point when we expand the playoffs, if they still expand the playoff. Um, I love the fact that you brought up Cincinnati. Cause I wish that they would have got a shot last year. If there was ever a time, like a time to do it, they, they absolutely should have last year. What is this smirk? What are you doing?
1: I'm just smiling. I'm happy. I'm glad that we're actually talking about real games that are happening this week. True.
0: But I tell you what, like the, uh, like sneaking in like Georgia by like all means is kind of a favorite this year. Right. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it's not just their fans. that think, you know, it's like, it is a lot of, of like national abundance, people that are definitely smarter than me. Like people close to the program, people from across the country. So I, I would, that fan base, I wanted, I want to think this year, I said it a couple of weeks ago that it would be like 2019 LSU. Like it's set up as like a very special season. Almost every Georgia fan I've talked to said like, like, I was like, what are you going to do if they win the national championship? Almost everyone, I'm not making this up. wasn't like, Oh my God, I'd be so excited. It would be, you know, just such a relief or so, so great. It was like, I'm going to be the biggest asshole imaginable. I'm going to be so obnoxious. So that, that part makes me um, fear it a little bit, but like, (laughs) I think if you're talking about really like sneaking in or like making like the waves, like, Iowa state, Cincinnati, like you brought up, I, I think Oregon, like you said, or maybe even USC, like any PAC 12 team at this point, um, Washington is, is a team, like, kind of a sleeper team for a lot of people? I, I think A&M would be like the team out of the SEC, but, but what I, what I think is like, what I want to see most, I guess, is no one's talking about Ohio state and how good they are. Like no, all the like, conversation about who's going to win the national championship is Bama, Clemson, and, and Georgia, right. I, I haven't seen one person pick Ohio state. It, like, then you look at like mock drafts and, and I've seen upwards of eight, nine kids in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, and it got me thinking. Cause like, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody like, over the weekend and they were like, yeah, but they got a true freshman quarterback. Think about what Ohio state's been able to do over the last like seven or eight years. It's been incredible, right? Incredible what they've been able to do with quarterbacks. They made the fucking playoff with a third string quarterback, And then one, like, you know what I mean? It's so in every single transition from JT Barrett to Dwayne Haskins, like it was just like even more gaudy numbers, even more impressive QB play another first rounder. So I don't think they're going to miss a beat with CJ Stroud. I think Ryan Day is a great play caller. They have what some are calling the best receiver room in the history of college football, which seems like a disservice to 2018 Bama, but whatever. Um, I, I think that like, I don't want to say they're like a sleeper, but like Ohio State should be getting more love uh, in the preseason for being a potential national champion.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if someone can come in there that hasn't traditionally had success in the playoff, um, even like an Iowa State, honestly. Um, but you, you just want to go alphabetical order order here on the on the conferences and just. I mean, obviously, if we start yeah, with the ACC in order it's Clemson. They're going for their seventh straight ACC title. I said this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast until Florida state gets their shit together. The ACC, like they just, they don't, they don't appear to be a good conference because they just don't yeah. have that second upper tier team that really recruits at a level. Now UNC is getting there and they are going to be my pick to play Clemson and the um, ACC title game. I, I think, you know, the obviously with Clemson, their schedule outside of Georgia is a cakewalk. They have the best D line in the country. They've got, you know, one of the top quarterbacks, even though he's only played in and started in two games. Um, he looked really good last year when he, when yeah. he filled in for, for Charlie on the Lawrence. road. Um, and then with UNC, you know, it starts with Sam Howell. He's a legit Heisman contender. And if they can somehow you know, they've got their key game is against Miami. Obviously that's probably going to be for the coastal that's at home and they have 10 starters back on defense. It should be their best defense since 2010. Um, And how, you know, they lose a lot of playmakers and I think it was Graham coffee that was on. I think he was the one that was telling us about the returning receiving production and how big of a deal that's been traditionally. So that kind of scares me with UNC because they lost to their two best receivers off last year's team. But I just think, I don't know, Derek King, he tore his ACL in their bowl game last year. And I get that he is fully expected to play, but the biggest part of his game is his run game. And mm-hmm. I just don't know if he'll be able to cut on that ACL, you know, some eight months after he had surgery on it. So I'll take UNC there and I'll obviously take Clemson to win the ACC title and make it back to the, to the playoff. But any thoughts outside of that?
0: Yeah, actually, I, I started to think about this because we we always dismiss the ACC because it really is just Clemson and then whoever else. I, like, and yeah. I feel like they overdo it trying to like build up whoever the other team is going to be each year because they know that it's it's a one team race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's ironic too because when they set up the the divisions, it, it was pretty much set up so Florida State and Miami would play in it every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's happened once, but like, I was I was looking at like you know some of like. ACC teams and, and like returning production, all that kind of stuff. And I think Phil Steele might also be like fabricating these numbers for returning starters. Cause I feel like every team I looked at had 17 or more, <laughs> but my, Miami, like this Bama game is a perfect, perfect game for Miami. Like you spend the entire off season. No one is giving you a chance. You were an eight and three team last year. You, you have talent everywhere like your offensive coordinator has beaten Nick Saban and then took him down to the wire and back years when he was at Auburn. If Derek King is, is like able to be at 80%, I still would be concerned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Manny Diaz is like, he's a good defensive coach. And, and I think when you have an entire off season like this, I think Miami is, is getting slept on at least for this game. Now it could be like, we've seen Miami teams in the past where they go eight and two and they get fucking waxed by like 30 in like a top 10 matchup. They shouldn't have been. Yeah. Right. Um, but outside of that, like, you know, AC, the ACC had six bowl teams last year, which is a good amount of teams. They did go 0-6, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is not sure. good. No. Um, but, like, I, one of the teams also, like, Boston College kind of stands out to me because, like many of us, I watched that Boston College-Clemson game last year, and I can't pronounce his name, the quarterback, Jer- Uh
1: Yeah, Phil Jerkovich. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drakovich, maybe, but yeah,
0: he sounds like he's like at least 63 years old. And, yeah. And I mean, he He's just be the like the team. nicest neighbor ever. Yeah. Without a doubt. But he's like, he's <laughs> a child. Um, exactly. <laughs> they opened a plumbing business. It's been really good. Um, but like him, like him coming back at quarterback, they also return a shit ton of starters. It's like 19 or something like that. But I didn't know this, that they went three and five last year. Right. Or like four and five or something. Like that. They had five losses.
1: Yeah, they were four and four last year.
0: Close. Three of their losses were to UNC. In conference.
1: In conference. Sorry. I was okay. looking at that wrong.
0: Yep. So three of their losses were to Clemson, Notre Dame, and, and UNC. All top 10 teams, all teams that either made a New Year's 6 or the playoff. Um, they lost that, those, that Clemson and that uh, um, UNC game by a combined 10 points. Like, yeah. so a lot of teams would have lost to those three teams, right? Like that's, that's a guaranteed three L's like for most teams in the country. So, you know, I don't know, like, well, I probably should look this up, but like, I'm assuming their schedule gets a little bit lighter this year. Um, I think they can yeah. be a team. I don't know if they'll challenge for the di- you know division or conference title, but I think they're going to be a good team.
1: Yeah. I mean, they have Clemson every year, obviously, because they're in the division, but um, they get Virginia tech from the other side on a Friday night this year. <clears throat> so, you know, you'll take that over playing UNC. They do play Missouri as well, which I think we we talked about that game when we previewed Missouri as it's a home game for BC and not to say they have an electric atmosphere in in Boston by any means, but, but still, you know, you go on the road as, as Missouri and I don't, you know, don't be surprised if BC wins that game. Um, so yeah, their their schedule is a lot easier this year. Um, in fact, going into that Missouri game, they go Colgate, UMass and Temple. So,
0: yeah, again, all schools that could take on all of UConn's players. So shut that fucking program down (laughs) and go to all of those schools.
1: Um, Big 10. Obviously, it's been Ohio State and everyone else for a while now. Interesting, though, I will say this about Ohio State. Early test for CJ Stroud, they go at Minnesota this Thursday night that's not an easy game for a freshman. And then the very next week they play Oregon. Yeah. We're going to know early if Ohio state and CJ Stroud have what it takes specifically uh, CJ Stroud, but they've just recruited at a level that's so much higher than everyone else in the big 10. It Mm -hmm. it, it would be shocking to see them not play for the big 10 title and go to the playoffs. Um, You know, they have Chris. By the way, like,
0: like that is, because like in the SEC, I feel like we don't get it because we're so used to having like you know six, seven, top ten teams or like you know three or four in the top five. But Ohio State, like they get those same players and yeah. then they get to take them to the Big Ten Right. and play against like like a lot lesser talent. Like so the the gap there, you're right, is it's so much. And they're so not, and they're
1: they're handpicking people out of Texas, Florida, Georgia. Yeah. So like they're getting the guys that the SEC got. It's it's a it's a bat when you look at the top. 15 to 20 prospects in the country Mm -hmm. final five ohio state's always in there with all the sec teams like those are the kind of guys they're getting and then you're playing penn state who's getting all their players now they're starting to recruit at a high level too. they have the number one recruiting class right now for 2022 i expect that to change at some point but you know traditionally they're taking guys from pennsylvania and massachusetts and you know, states in the north that don't traditionally have as strong of uh, like Maryland
0: and DC pretty well. DC's got, and that's, a,
1: and that's, that's, there's a lot of talent there for sure. Um, <clears throat> Travion Henderson is the name to watch for Ohio state. Apparently, uh, a lot of people are talking about him, that he's just as good, if not better than JK Dobbins was when he was there. Um, and he's a true freshman. I mean, he was the number one back coming out of, uh, high school, Olave is back. You pair him up with Garrett Wilson, another five star. I think Wilson's another guy from Texas. I think they're going to be fine. It's just CJ Stroud. How does he look in those first two games at Minnesota, Oregon? That'll tell me everything I need to know about what Ohio State is going to do this year.
0: I, honestly, though, I, like I don't, I don't have any concerns over that, just because of like their track record and what they've been able to do, and you know, like this is something that. I, I haven't heard really um, used like in favor or like it, it's always used as an excuse for Bama quarterbacks. He's going to have possibly the most talented supporting cast in the country. Yeah. So like he can make mistakes, right? I mean like week one and two, like that Minnesota game is going to be tricky, but they should win that game and they get Oregon at home and Oregon, you know, they do have a pretty good defense, but um, honestly, I think, I think this is like the question for me is, what other team can establish themselves like because Penn State it seems like they always like start out really well or not last year but you know and they don't finish Michigan's the exact same way like once they get to the ring teams they just you know Harbaugh just like shits the bed Wisconsin is quickly becoming one of my least favorite teams in the country <laughs> and they used to be one of my favorite like when, B, like, when Brett Bielan was there because last year like they just became one of the most overrated teams that I maybe have ever seen like, they started out the season they went Two and zero, and they were in the top four in the ESPN FPI, and they were projected to go to the playoff. And then they played three games against ranked opponents. They scored seven, seven, and six points. Sick, not great. Um,
1: So that that side of the conference is so easy as compared to the other one. I mean, I
0: honestly think they're getting more parity over there because they like PJ Fleck coming in, and, and and Northwestern's always like somewhat tough, I guess, for those teams.
1: Yeah, I guess. But when you compare it to Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, now Indiana is starting to look at least decent. Michigan State can rise up every once in a while. I mean, Wisconsin, I guess this year, maybe they're looking at Iowa being their biggest threat. I mean, so I, I do. I've got Wisconsin being the other team playing in the Big Ten title game. Um, I mean, Wisconsin's weird because, you know, ever since they lost Jonathan Taylor, like you, you think about Wisconsin, you just think about, Five corn-fed white dudes on the O line. Yep, and a, a back who gets it seven hundred times a year and runs for five point seven yards per clip.
0: And it has twenty two hundred yards total at the end of the year, and nobody even
1: talks about it. Yep, and uh, last year they didn't have that. Like they didn't have that guy. They didn't have a running game. I don't. I I think their yards per carry weren't very good last year. So you know, having an answer for that is going to be key, but I love their defensive coordinator. He played there. Um, now I'm going to forget his name, obviously, um, but uh, he's, he's probably going to be one of the top guys. Oh, Leonard? Yeah. Leonard, Jim Leonard. Um, he'll be a head coach soon um, or he'll be a D coordinator coordinator in the NFL. He's just, he's that level of coach. I like their defense. Their O line always pretty good. They should be favors in every Big Ten game that they play in until they get to the title game. So if they can find a running back, whether it's Berger, you know that they had last year, freshman, um, I think it'll be Ohio State, Wisconsin. But I just don't think Wisconsin really stacks up to Ohio State at all.
0: Yeah, not at all. Uh, there are there are a couple of other storylines I think that are like least intriguing. There's always the Harbaugh thing because Michigan is Michigan. Um, and my God, they just like settled into such mediocrity. And it's 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 almost like difficult to watch every year because they do start out really well. And then as soon as they start playing ranked teams, they get into October, it's, you know, it falls apart. Um, it, also, like two teams that I feel like are going to be a lot better than people think, Rutgers and Maryland. Like Michael Oxley being at Maryland, a lot of people have not been very high on him, but he's a great offensive mind. And he has a couple of like blue chip like receivers that he signed. I it was one five-star at least from two years ago. And he's got two, his little brother, a quarterback. So, and the fact that Rutgers is ever, ever, ever favored to win a game and they are favored to win like three this year. I think that'll be interesting. So that's about it from the Big
1: Ten. Big 12. Uh, I think this is probably the most intriguing to me because, I, you know, when I took a look at, Just some of the, whether it's Phil Steele or you look at the preseason media stuff, man, Iowa State has a ton of guys that are listed on the first team offense. Um, Obviously, Oklahoma is going to be the name here. They're, they, for a reason. I mean, they've every year that Lincoln Riley has had a veteran QB, they've been in the playoffs. And Spencer Rattler, last year, now is, well, he was a freshman last year. Um, So he's got that 15 returning starters. Um, The defense is getting better every year. You know, you used to think about Oklahoma as a team that a typical big 12 team put up a ton of yards, put up a ton of points, but also give up the same. Um, But they actually had a really good defense last year and um, they've got to me, their biggest test every year. It seems like Kansas state knocks somebody off in Manhattan. Um, and Kansas, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, no, so it, they got to play at Kansas state this year, which scares me if I'm a Sooner fan, but they do get to Iowa state at home, but I'll tell you what, man, Iowa state, Matt Campbell has done a phenomenal job there. Um, yeah, there's not many holes on that roster. Um,
0: they returned 40 of 44 on the two deep. Like you can talk about the starters, like all we want, like 11 and nine is crazy, but 40 of 44 on the two deep.
1: Here's the the only thing you need to know about what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State from 1979 to 2016. That's 37 years. Chris, Iowa State had one eight win season or more. Matt Campbell's done it four years in a row there. I mean, that's pretty legit. Cyclone country brother. Yeah. Brock Purdy, obviously at QB, Brees Hall, Xavier Hutchinson at wide receiver. Um, I think they had the first team tight end, uh, yeah. a couple guys on the O line. So I don't know, man. You know, um, this might be my first shocker, but I, I've I don't want to just go chalk and say, hey, it's going to be Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, and Oklahoma. I'm tempted to pick Iowa State here because here's the thing: the, Oklahoma plays Iowa State regular season at home. It's very tough, though, to beat a team twice in one year. And um, if they lose, if they win that game, my, my bet is they'll still have to play Iowa state in the big 12 conference game. There's no divisions in the big 12. So it's just the top oh, two yeah. teams. I don't see Texas really taking that step yet. I mean, TCU is always a, they're always a threat and I believe Iowa state has to go on the road to play TCU as well, but do not be surprised if Iowa state wins the big 12 this year, I, I'm going to go ahead and call that as one of my upset picks for the year.
0: So, yeah, I like that. To be honest, it, just from like a returning production standpoint, and experience, like there's there's no one else in the country that has more of it, right? Um, I, I didn't like what you said about Texas, and this is going to purely be from like my bias about Steve Sarkeesian being the best offensive of mind in, in college football. But I, I like you return on some talent there, right? Like like a lot's been made about starting the freshman quarterback, but B. John Robinson is one of the better running backs in the country. I feel like he's, you know, I wouldn't say he doesn't get enough love because he gets a, a decent amount of attention, but like you return a decent amount of starters every year. I feel like Texas should be good, right? Like, like they've always had high expectations from the fan base or alumni and all that kind of stuff. Now you kind of get into this year where you have a, a, a new coach, that literally the motto is all gas, no breaks. And there aren't expectations on them. And nope. I just, I just feel like I don't think that they're good enough to get to the, the college football playoff. But when you have somebody like that, we saw it with Lane Kiffin and, and he's going to get to do it in a, in a weaker conference, it, you know, the crazier things have happened.
1: The, it's a tricky start to the year for them. And, and like people may be, may laugh because of the traditional name, but like they open with Louisiana, which mm-hmm. I think you could most years say, okay, that's one of our cupcakes, but Billy Napier's done an incredible job at Louisiana. Yeah. And they've got a lot of momentum right now. And that's the first game of the year. First game for Sarkeesian. You've got this, uh, they just named Hudson card, their starter who's, mm-hmm. who's going to be a freshman QB for them. So, and then they go on the road to Arkansas, which Arkansas probably f- smells blood in the water. They're like, this, this yeah. is a chance for us to, you know, we got a second year coach. We like the, the trajectory of our program on the road. Um, you know, we talked to your boy, Ty, uh, Richardson, mm-hmm. is that his last name? Yeah. Um, he was like, it's going to be insane in Fayetteville for that game. So it's a tough start, but Hey, look, if they, if they win those two games and you start looking down the schedule, like, okay, rice, Texas tech, Kansas, I mean, they could put together a pretty good year.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with
1: that. Uh, so who are you taking to win that? Are you taking Oklahoma, the, the conference?
0: Um, I guess I, I really don't want to. Cause I, I just, I feel like we just get such a pass to Oklahoma every year. And I don't really understand why um, every year I hear the same stuff. And it's like, well, this defense is not your typical big 12 defense. Like, trust me. And it, it always is. Like I heard that two years ago when they played LSU and they gave up 28 in the first quarter. So I'm sure they're going to be good and they're going to look even better in um, in that conference. But I just, you know, last year it maybe just rubbed me the wrong way, but them hammering Florida who has had all of their talent out of the game, right? Just destroying them and saying, see, there's not a single team in the country that would want to want to play this Oklahoma team. I just think it's bullshit. Like, I just think that like we've seen, there's no other team in the country that we've seen do the same exact thing besides maybe Notre Dame. and they don't even do it as consistently as we do with Oklahoma 11 and one, you win the big 12 championship. They've won it like five or six years in a row. And then you go to the first round of the playoff and you either lose in dramatic fashion or you get your brains beat in. And so I, if there's a team that I'm going to pull against harder, I don't know what it would be. Like just, I hope, I hope Iowa state or Texas somehow does it like if for nothing else. than like, you know, like you said, like the parody, but also like the last year that those two teams are in the big 12, I think they'd be hilarious.
1: That would be, well, no, this is going to be their last year in the big 12. Yeah. Um, Let's do the PAC 12, talk a little G five and then let's get to the, what everyone wants to know about predictions for the SEC, Heisman, things like that. So PAC 12, this is another interesting one, you know, because I think, I don't think I'm going to take USC coming out of the South. I think I'm going to take Utah. Um, I really like Utah this year. They got um, a transfer in at QB from Baylor. That's, that's pretty good brewer Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they, they're not, an SEC type team, but they built their team like an SEC type team, where they've really right. focused on the trenches. Um, and, you know, Washington and Oregon are going to battle it out for the winner of the North. Oregon is, you know, uh, Cristobal has done an amazing job there as far as yeah. recruiting is concerned. He really brought that, that Bama mindset when it comes to recruiting out to Oregon. And I think eventually, if not this year, they're going to be the, the team that we're kind of getting sick of in the Pac-12 because every year they're mm-hmm. going to be winning it. But it's interesting. You know, Washington's got a lot of talent and an easier schedule. Oregon plays Ohio State, Stanford, Washington and Utah on the road. Right. So that game against Washington is going to be in Seattle. It's going to be a big game to, to determine to me, not only who wins the North, but potentially wins the conference. Um, or is at least the best team in the conference. Um, but I think I'm gonna go Utah versus Oregon. I'm gonna take Utah to win. I'm sorry. I'm gonna take pack. Wow. Oregon to win the pack 12.
0: Yeah. I just, I think that in the same way we talk about Ohio state, I think Oregon is they recruited a different level and, and they also are a different brand of football. And it, you know, I think we we're always guilty of like, you know, everybody like of lazy takes sometimes. And in Oregon, usually, catches like the you know um the brunt of that sometimes because we always think of Chip Kelly days or we think about you know Marcus Mariota and it's this you know dual threat, high up tempo offense, like it, you know, they still have components of that, but like they're built kind of like an SEC team. They they are really solid on the defensive line. They've recruited better than anyone else in that conference. And I think we do this with USC every year because they have they always have a high profile quarterback and we just think that it, you know, I don't want to say lightning in a bottle, but they're going to do what like the USC has always done. Like in like the glory days of, of like Trojan football, Utah is a very tough team. Like Kyle Winningham is, I mean, I saw it in 2008, but they're always going to be good on defense. It seems like they always slip up at least once though. Like, like they haven't, have they even made the Pac-12 championship?
1: Probably. Probably, but well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know on Winningham, but I mean, under Urban Meyer, they went. Uh, they weren't in the Pac-12 at that point, though.
0: Um, yeah, that's true. But the other team also is is like, it always comes like down for me. Like, if it's you're going to have a lot of equal talent, or you're going to have a lot of teams that are like, like you know, not separated in the pack, it's going to come down to coaching, right? Like, coaching and talent, obviously. And I just think that Chris Peterson at Washington. Who also has recruited well and just kind of stays up in their little corner and just goes nine and three every year and and has like a really solid team um i think that they could be really really good they got a couple of guys that are projected first round picks them and oregon are just built different than the rest of the conference so I, i'm gonna say now you know what Fuck it i'm gonna say oregon
1: and it's good and because I don't, chris I don't peterson's actually it. not even the coach anymore so
0: Where's he at? <laughs> he retired. Why didn't he go that long? He, he retired?
1: retired? Yes.
0: You let me talk about that for like fucking three minutes.
1: <laughs> well, I wasn't going to cut you off. You were on a roll. You
0: should have. I, like, I, I felt like I wasn't nah, confident but I even brought it up.
1: <laughs> Damn it. Jimmy Lake uh, was their D coordinator under him. He took over as the head coach last year. It was his first year. So, I mean, I get, I get why right? you didn't know that because he, um, I mean, last year they played four games.
0: He retired last year
1: before last year. Yeah. Jimmy Lake stepped in as the head coach last year and they, well, they played four games and it's it's the fucking west coast, man. It's hard to keep up with. <laughs> we're yeah, gonna do better right. about it this year though.
0: We're not, um, I have no reason <laughs> to now. So, um, I'm going to pick Oregon. We are a ducks podcast. So yeah. What ducks. do you think
1: about Oregon state this year?
0: Yeah, I got nothing to say to that. I got a lot of clothes to get rid of,
1: uh, Fresno state. Actually, I didn't even, I didn't even list this, but I know that UConn is absolutely terrible, but I beginning of the year, people were talking about Fresno, Fresno State actually being a pretty good team. Oregon opens with them. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I don't know. It's in Eugene, so they should win that um, G five. I think everything's mostly about Cincinnati right now. Um, you know, they, they put on a hell of a, an effort against Georgia in the game and you can say what you want about, you know, bowl games that don't mean much. And, you know, a G five team sneaking up on a, you know, a team like Georgia cause they don't care enough, but I mean, they look Was like they belong to that out? game. I don't know if anyone's sitting out, but it's just like a lot, you know, the question is always like, you know, Bama versus Utah or, uh, Boise State. Well, they Oklahoma. had blown a fourth
0: quarter lead to Florida and, and was like an eyelash short of getting to the national championship game and then had to go play Utah. So that's different than going eight and two or seven and two and getting to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game regardless, even though you lost True. by 16 or 17 points in your, both your losses to ranked teams. True.
1: Um, but I, I just think that, that Cincinnati is actually a legitimate team. Um, they've yep. got a legitimate QB, Desmond Ritter, uh, Luke Fickle, he'll, he'll be the next... Big, he'll, he'll be considered for one of the big 10 openings should a big school open up this year. He's um, a really good coach. He is. And um, I, I, it'll be interesting, you know, if they, if they were to go undefeated this year, could they possibly get a chance or no? No, I don't.
0: Know. Like, again, they went undefeated last year. They, they had a, like a top 10 defense in almost every statistical category. You, you had a dynamic corporate. They, they did everything they were supposed to do. I, so, you know, I will say this year they get Notre Dame and they also have, um, who else is on the schedule? There's another, there's another power five team on the schedule.
1: They got at they, Indiana, at Notre Dame. Those are the two.
0: Okay. And Indiana, you know, like before they lost to Ole Miss in the, that bowl game, um, you know, that was the, the number 11 ranked team in the country. I, if they are able to beat those two teams, maybe there's a chance. But what's going to end up happening, in my opinion, and I hate this. Like, I I want Cincinnati to, like, I I want, like, the group of five schools to, like, at least be a part of it, right? Otherwise, what are we even doing? Right. But what's going to end up happening, like we always do, is the same thing as the Heisman. If you win those two games early, you have three months left of the season. And then we get to watch them play shit teams that they will destroy every week, and we will do what we always do and say – because every other team that – you know, most of us are pulling for, or it's like in like, you know, crunch time in like, you know, trying to either win the division or get to like the, the, the conference championship or the playoff. Like we're going to defend our schools that are playing a, a tougher schedule. than like celebrating a team that will do everything right. Go 12 and 0 have, have like incredible talent across the board, especially in defense. We'll just, we'll just shit on it. How's that for depressing? <laughs>
1: That, that Notre Dame game, it's on the road. Um, Cincinnati's off a of bye there. I, I I think that if you go undefeated and you go on the road to Indiana and Notre Dame and beat both of those teams, I think you should have a chance to to play in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the playoff.
0: Okay, but let me poke holes in this real quick. Okay. Like a condom. So if you like it, on paper, sure. Like if it's like chaos and everybody has one loss, right? As you're saying, Mm-hmm. But if it ends up being, you know, like a situation like 2017, where you have a 11 and 1 Bama team, a 11 and 2, I think, conference uh, champion in Ohio State, are they going to put Cincinnati in over them?
1: This is where, like the the whole committee thing, just kind of gets frustrating to me because at that point, yeah. it's it's they're going to make a decision that's going to bring in the most dollars. And that's going to be Ohio State. And so that's where it's going to get really tough for Cincinnati, you know, is is they're just not going to bring the eyeballs to the televisions, you know, Cincinnati versus Clemson or Bama just isn't going to be the same as Ohio State versus one of those teams, which is where it gets tough, tough for the Bearcats there.
0: It's kind of weird too, because like, again, I know what conference they play in and I understand it's not the same talent, but we saw them go toe to toe with Georgia. I don't, I don't remember having the feeling that Georgia was shorthanded or didn't want to be there last year. I mean, like they were seven and two. It wasn't like they, you know, barely lost in the sec championship game and and got, you know, like screwed over. Like you went seven and two and you got a new year's six bowl game. So I, I, and I'm not saying that in like a derogatory way to to Georgia, but I mean, Luke fickle, like you said, like he probably should have got the Ohio state job to be honest. Um, you know, after urban and it just didn't work out, but yeah, he's done a phenomenal job. And I think it like, is it them and everyone else? Is it kind of like what we hate about Ohio state, Clemson and Bama? And we're just like singling out that team and no one else has a chance. Or what do you think?
1: What, as far as G5 teams?
0: Yeah. I don't, I mean. Go through every conference real quick and just, you know, give me a rundown. (laughs)
1: I guess Malzahn maybe could make some noise, but no, I mean, I, I think Cincinnati is really the only team that could really make, make a a run at it for sure this year. All Um,
0: right. What about Louisville? No, not Louisville, Louisiana.
1: I was about to say Louisville's in the ACC. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Especially if they could beat, um, who's the team I just said they were playing? Texas. Texas. I mean, that's, that's obviously. What about Liberty?
0: Well, like, what, like mm. Think about Liberty. Oh, here, here's why. Because, like, I think Louisiana, even if they beat Texas, they also get Liberty the second to last game of the year. The schedule, the strength of schedule is not going to be great. Liberty has a, like, a quarterback that is, like, going to put eyeballs, like, you know, or like, he's going to generate views and, and people, like, watching him because he's, he's just been electric, right? So mm-hmm. he could be a Heisman Finals. If, if something like that happens, if they beat Ole Miss in that first week of November – I wouldn't rule that out.
1: Yeah, you know they—that's um, true. Well, they play each other. Louisiana and Liberty play each other at, towards the end of the year. So, just said that. yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I guess you could see it, but no, I really think Cincinnati's the only one that would have a real chance at it. Um, I don't
0: know. Even we'll saying be, their name, like they have, there's a Cincinnati's brand and UCF's brand and maybe Memphis feel like the only schools that carry any weight with like the rest of the country. So I, I agree with you, but I'm, anyway, um, all right, picks
1: for the sec. Hmm. Mm. I've been wrestling with this one because I, I'm going to go Georgia on the East. Um, that's not the one I'm wrestling with. I can't stand betting against Bama, but I'm so close to taking Texas A&M from that side
0: yeah i kind of i just too,
1: uh, it's, i don't know i mean i really don't want to bet against Bamba, but i'm going to go texas a&m versus georgia in the sec championship game i think bryce young i think there's a lot of pressure on that kid to mm-hmm. not only coming off of last year but just the the nil stuff and you know i, I get why saving my the recruit they ever had yeah. And I get why Saban put that out there because it's a recruiting tool, but it's almost like it, you almost put that kid in a situation when you say that, like, Hey, Bryce Young, he's already making a million bucks. Everyone's like, well, shit, he better perform then, you yeah. know? And it's like, but then again, Texas AM and also has a freshman QB coming in. Now he doesn't have the, you brought that up. yeah. Now he doesn't have the, the uh, hype around him and it's, and he, the, the thing that is a little different for him is that he gets to start the season His eyes. with like a, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Uh, they're they're going to start the season five and no, regardless, they they have an easy schedule to start the year, so you can ease him in. And by the time you play Bama, he should have at least a pretty good idea of playing in games, five games. Spot Bryce up. Young, on the other hand, you know, early in the season, he's going to play Miami and Florida. Neither neither one's a home game,
0: and all Miss with a week off. So I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't know.
1: But- you know, that I I, 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 think I really like my, my, my brain says Bama, Georgia all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, or should I say, I don't know. Yeah. My gambling brain. Cause I, every time I've bet against Bama, it's never worked out. Right. Um, but I think I'm gonna go A and Georgia and then I'm gonna take Georgia to win the sec. I'm gonna do it.
0: Yeah. So if you had asked like a week ago and this is going to shock no one, but like I, I, I really was leaning towards A&M. Um, and I, I and I, I still think Bama takes a step back. I, I think they lose one game, maybe two games. I don't know if that's, you know, in like the 12-game regular season or if that's including the SC championship or whatever, but I, I do think they lose maybe two games this year. Um, I agree with him, the Bryce Young thing. I, I think there's so much pressure put on somebody, whether he, you know, I, I'm sure he's not going to read comment sections from idiots that are, you know, if he has a bad game, but he has to know that pressure's on him. And he's he's also 3,000 miles away from home, and it's like, you know, like family support system. So it has gotta be tough, I think. Um
1: well not it, to mention his his supporting cast isn't exactly like veteran laden. No You know, like so if he's having a bad game, like who steps up and is like, I've been here before, like don't worry, we got this, like
0: John Mechie from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like our <That's> alpha a- <laughs> on offense has to be he's from fucking Canada. Yeah. Sorry. Um yeah. No, I agree with you. Like, I, I really do. Like it's, it's a lot of young kids. I will say this. I mean, the thing about A&M, it is the same thing. It's, it's a freshman quarterback. I, I love how they have their schedule sets up for it. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think it's perfect. Cause I tell you what, if he doesn't work out, then you could also bring in like the other kid cause it was obviously a, a close race. Mm-hmm. Um, or if somebody gets injured, like you, you have like time to get stuff worked out and you can pretty much do it. Ohio state did last year, what we've seen Clemson do. You can circle that on like the, the calendar and you could tell yourself each week, like, oh, we're just looking at the next game ahead. You're watching tape and, and getting ready for that game, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing, Tyler. <laughs> Nick Saban.
1: <laughs>
0: I started thinking about this. And, and you know, it would be I think, I think that he's gonna have an assistant beat him before he retires. I don't know if it's Jimbo or if it's Kirby, if it's if it's Lane Kiffin, it would be fun um, for two of those three for me at least. Nick Saban isn't going anywhere. We said this last year when he had the 55th ranked recruiting class in the country and what happened he finished number one. Yeah. I'm nervous about Bryce young. I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. I don't like bill O'Brien. He's shaped like a, like a fucking hippopotamus. Um, but the defense is going to be legit. And there are five stars fucking everywhere per usual. And, and one of the things too is AM loses four starters in the offensive line. Four. Right?
1: Yeah, just with big.
0: this matchup. Yeah. Like just with this matchup. And then you start looking at like the matchup against Georgia. Like those are two teams with absolutely elite front four, front sevens, and will, you know, like it cause nightmares for like if, if you are not like gelled by whatever time they play the Bama game. Also, we keep talking about the Florida game. And I I fully think that Dan Mullen will be able to scheme some players open. Like they're going to be at home for that game. And I've seen a lot of Florida fans, like for whatever reason, circle that one and talk about how they're going to, they're going to upset Bama. Steve Spurrier said the other day, I'm, I'm, you know what? I am trying to be a dick. If you fucking think that Alabama is going to waltz into the swamp and lose to Dan Mullen, when the other coach on the other side of the fucking ball is Todd Grantham you didn't watch football last year or you don't understand what's going on. There's absolutely, and I'm going to say it now barring just like cataclysmic injury or a bunch of like turnovers or whatever, like the Ole Miss game 2015, they had five turnovers, three inside their 25 yard line. They lost by six. I don't, I don't see Todd Grantham's defense stifling anyone. So (laughs) I'm going to take Bama to go 11 and one. Maybe they slip up somewhere on there. Um, I think it, it goes A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, I think will be very similar after that. Um, and then I think probably Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State will finish last. And in the East, I'm going to take Georgia. And I think um, I think Georgia is going to win the SEC this year. I really do. I think they're, they're that talented. I don't even know if it would serve them better like to lose this first game because they'll start getting doubters again. And like, oh, that's what Georgia always does. They're not fully healthy for the Clemson game. Um now what I will say like my ultimate dream would be just like my, my Chris Marler, 2021 SEC wet dream. <laughs> Bama goes 10 and two. Georgia goes undefeated. Bama gets the SEC championship game <laughs> and beats Georgia. I would, it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. Like, I mean, because like, there's no better time to get, like get them all down. I, I don't think it happens. I really don't. I, I think even me, I'm probably sleeping a little bit on how good Bama will be, um, but yeah, I just I, I do think it's the year where a lot of other teams take the next step, even in the East. I think, like you know, Mizzou for sure. Um, so we'll see.
1: Um, I Florida. one thing that does scare me a little bit about a And M. So McKinley Jackson, who they were relying on to to play a heavy role on the D line. We mentioned he got arrested before the season started uh, felony charges just this week. Another starting D lineman for Texas a was arrested. Um, unlawful carrying of a weapon, failure to identify, giving false information. He had marijuana on him. He had an invalid <laughs> license that he was driving on. <laughs> so everything. he's suspended. Um, so that's two guys along the D line that they were counting on. That 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 hurts. Now, being that Jimbo is who he is, um, I could definitely see both of those guys being back for the Bama game. Oh, you can afford, you can you can afford to suspend somebody indefinitely when you start with Kent State, Colorado, Arkansas, and uh, Mississippi State. None of them on the road, like in a true road game,
0: right? And you get Bama at home too. I mean, yeah, that's also just SEC football at this point. So <laughs> that's true. Um, no, and I, I, again, like. I don't want to be a homer here for the Bama thing, but because like one of the, one of the things that like shocked me, it, it like it literally, I was, I, I was like, like taken aback when Robert um, Barron's came on the podcast and brought up the fact that this is the same coordinator on offense and defense for the fourth straight year. And you don't see that kind of continuity in a power right. five program at all anymore. And, and, and I say that to say like, you know, transition or segue into the other side of the division or the other side of the conference. That's what Georgia has this year, and they haven't had that in the past. And they haven't had guys like Mel Tucker and, and other guys trying to leave and and like get a better job. Dan Lanning has stayed. You have Monken coming in, and they were at such a disadvantage last year. They were at such a disadvantage because of COVID. And I remember saying in January that I was like, you know, you talk about wanting to be like one of the big boys. So now you got to deal with like turnover, and you got to deal with like coordinators leaving and, and players leaving early for the draft. Like, I think that I think this is like a special year for Georgia.
1: It feels like it, no doubt. Um, Heisman pick. Who you taking
0: Tyler on Saturday? Um, I, or on Wednesday, I guess we recorded the TV show that came on on Saturday. Um, I got into an argument about the favorites for the Heisman. And I said that the favorite in the preseason hasn't won in 25 years. And I totally made that up. Um, turns out it was like 2014. <laughs> it's pretty, not even that long ago. It was the same, awesome. same decade. Um, that being said, I don't think I just can't see Spencer Rattler like it, like at this point. It'd almost be like, what else is he going to do like to wow us? Because we've already seen it before at Oklahoma. I, DJ Ualungale or JT Daniels, mm-hmm. I think could be could be. Um, it seems like a cop out, but like I think the answer is is uh, is JT Daniels, and the reason why is because like he has a big game in game one national stage, whatever, the rest of the season sets up so perfect for them to like be 11 and one, like be in the spotlight constantly. And that offense is going to put up a lot of numbers. And that's usually what the award's about. And the only other person I like, a, like a sleeper pick, maybe if Iowa state can go undefeated or at least get to the playoffs somehow, they, they you know, go through like the college or the um, big 12 championship. And he's the, he's the reason why I think that they could, he could win the Heisman as well. He had 2000 yards last year, right? Or like he had like 1900 or something crazy in a shortened season. Brees
1: Hall. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's I mean, he's Phil Steele first team preseason All-American. So yeah, he's he's legit. Um, I was also going to go JT Daniels, but I will say um, more sleepers. Uh, Matt Corral is going to put up massive numbers. If they can figure out how to make one or two upset wins happen. I could see him at least be in there uh, for the, for the presentation. Obviously if they don't, mm-hmm. if, you know, if they have four losses, I don't see him winning, but right. Um, and, and same, same exact uh, type of story, Sam, Howell, he's mm-hmm. going to put up monster numbers too. And if they can somehow, you know, run the table and then beat Clemson, I think he'll win the Heisman And yeah. I, and, and it's not that far off, you know, and, and, Spencer Rattler is going to put up numbers, no doubt. But but if you're looking for sleepers or at least odds that aren't number one that you can at least make some money off of, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, DJ U.
0: Well, he's he's got pretty good. Yeah, I think he's a top yeah, five uh, odds. But like you know, it's, it's almost like like the novelty's gone with Oklahoma, right? Like it's Kyler Murray shouldn't have won the Heisman still, and I don't care if that sounds like a Homer thing. Tua had that wrapped up the entire season, and then. Kyler Murray at five, seven has like a big game in the big 12 championship, but like, what else can they do? Like, like is he, if, unless you have like a Joe Burrow year, which I guess he could do. I don't, I don't, I don't just, I don't understand. Like we've already seen it so many times. So I think it like, they're always like a sucker for like the novelty. And then like the, you know, the standard quarterback of like the 11 and one team or 12. No. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Maceral pick. So yeah, uh, playoff picks.
1: Uh, I will go Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Iowa State, and I will go Iowa State. Yeah, you know uh, it's it's going to be the between them and Oklahoma. Um, maybe that's where I should put Bama in just slide them in there, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Um, but I'll go, I'll go, I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll go Georgia, Clemson, Ohio state, Iowa state, and I'll take Georgia and Clemson in the national title game rematch of week one. Okay. Um, Georgia, Ohio state, Oklahoma. How can you not put Clemson in there?
0: I think they're going to lose a game. I think they're going to lose to Georgia. I think they're going to lose a game in the ACC. Love they almost that. lost the fucking Boston College last year. They they I almost hope I hope or lose a game every year. And now they got to play Georgia. So like if that. you go 10 and two, you're not getting to the playoff. Um, Anyway, so who did I said Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State, and Oklahoma? Um, Oklahoma. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on here on a limb and say uh, I'll say Texas A&M. Okay, even though I just picked Baylor.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll hedge. You know what? I, I like. I will hedge this time. No, I yeah. I don't know. Like like I honestly don't know if the SEC will be able to get two teams in ahead of maybe somebody like. Uh, what do you call it? Um, like, like Iowa state or something like that. If they are able to have yeah. like a run, but yeah, you know what I'll, I'll say, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna pick Oregon. I'll say those three. And then I'll just say Bama or A and M just like a starter on
1: the depth. Okay. Chart. All right. I can do that. Uh, national championship. Who wins it?
0: Ohio state, Georgia, Georgia wins.
1: I am also taking Georgia to win the championship. This seems like a risk for us because every year it's like, it's George's year.
0: I predicted it to the win like the last three years in a row. And I've meant it every time. Um, I Um But I'm like genuinely scared for this one. Because I like, again, I, I was already trying to soften the blow because I know it's going to be awful with their fans. And, and like uh, Cameron Camp, it's, it's his birthday. Happy birthday. He said, and I quote, I'm going to be the biggest piece of shit you've ever met. And I was like, wow, good for you, man. <laughs> just, you can also just say like, hooray.
1: Yeah. Um, no, it should be fun. I'm so excited if week zero is a nice little primer for us, but we are in the shit now, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we got games every single day. We will be back with you later this week to preview week one, some awesome matchups, whether it starts with Minnesota and Ohio state or Monday, Louisville Ole miss all the way through. There's some huge games. We're so excited. Don't forget to call us on the, on the line this, this year. For real Uh, week one, there's going to be some excellent voicemails. I can already tell you game day therapy line 424-430-0045. Again, that number 424-430-0045. Call us. It's a Compton area code. So you know, it's legit. Let's get it.
0: All right. Cheers. I'll see you on Thursday.